Hello and welcome to Unfiltered with Alexandra, a show for anyone interested in healthy lifestyle and positive mindset. Broaden your perspective by listening into casual conversations and unfiltered real talk I have with people that inspire me. Many of them I've met on my travels around the world. Hey friends, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast Unfiltered Conversations. Creating a great beginning to every day by expressing gratitude. And to make it even better, take some time to meditate, even if it's just for five minutes. Be sure to stick around until the end of today's episode, because my guest, Jaffer Hussain, will share a short guided introduction to meditation with you. A strong yoga practice is about generating qualities that can't be measured by physical expertise. Qualities like love, patience, kindness and compassion, developing these for yourself on the mat in your practice will enhance your life off the mat. That's yoga. We cover so many different topics today, from the power of teaching audio classes only, not depending on the visual aspect of comparison in demonstrating, to how his journey in becoming a yoga teacher finds its roots in his youth and understanding what his expression is of spirituality. Maybe you're on the road to somewhere, working out or cozied up on your couch. Enjoy this episode. It was a great conversation to have and to record and I love sharing this with you. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, it would mean the world to me if you hit the subscribe button and share it within your community. I come to you every Wednesday with a new episode. Thank you so much uh, for time carved it out of your day and to connect uh, in this beautiful space, this new medium that I just love sharing and hearing the stories from the people that um, I see around. And I definitely hope we're going to meet in person one of these days. But for now, uh, in this space, I'm going to give you some time. Please introduce yourself. Um, Who are you? What do you have to share with the world? What is your place in the world? Yes. Hi. Welcome. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Joffer and I am coming from Toronto, Canada. Um, we just had our annual spring snowfall and uh, we're ready for, for the summer, summer season here. Um, I teach yoga. I have kind of a unique style, I feel like, um, in terms of the way that I offer yoga. I don't demonstrate any physical poses. Um, when I teach. So I have an audio-based platform where people can listen to my yoga classes, very similar to how they would listen to a podcast, but instead I'm guiding them through movement, just through listening. And so that creates a really unique experience, I feel, for teachers and for students, where um, it guides them to really connect deeper with their own bodies, to trust their listening to have the confidence that they don't always have to look to Mm. know where they're going, whether it's in yoga or any other aspect of life, really. So I believe it's a very empowering gift to teach in this way and to have students try and practice in this way. And it just leaves a little bit of room for them to kind of figure out their lefts and rights without somebody really telling them. (laughs) Well, the lefts and rights, uh, yeah, uh, not only from the practice, but also from life. But um, 
the way how you share uh, the practice of yoga was uh, what draw, was drawing me into, I think it was on Instagram, was drawing me into your profile and um, following the classes, it was very intriguing to only listen and not to having anything to see. And I recognized myself a lot in that because I am always, I always rephrase to myself as one of the most laziest teacher ever because I don't demonstrate. <laughs> so that's what I say, you know, I'm just lazy. I, I don't show you how it's done. Uh, figure it out yourself and just listen and trust yourself that your body knows the right way in that. So how does this came uh, all together that you decided to do only audio classes instead of, uh, you know, videotaping or uh, demonstrating if you're giving an in-person class demonstrating what made you uh, go in this direction? Yeah. Um, great question. And, uh, I'll try not to ramble too long, but it goes back to um, just being a student, right? When I first started teaching yoga, or sorry, when I first started practicing yoga, mm -hmm. um, I had a bit of a unique start. I used to come from a retail background and I worked for Lululemon. I found myself there eventually at some point in my life. And that was actually my introduction to yoga was through working at a company like Lululemon. I always had uh, an athletic background and you know, played sports and was very active. And so I started to explore yoga through Lululemon. And what was really different in that sense was normally a new student would go to a yoga studio close by work or close by their home. Yeah. And really that, they, that would be their experience with yoga. This a, one particular studio, maybe they tried two or three in the area and then kind of hunker down at one studio. And that would be their initial experience with yoga. Whereas for me, working with Lululemon, Lululemon had, um, you know, agreements with pretty much every yoga studio in the city of Toronto. And we got free yoga classes to explore, um, you know, with our, with our team, with our staff and whatnot. And so my, my opening into yoga was kind of to go to as many different styles mm. and as many different studios and connect with as many different people as possible. So my, my intro to yoga was really, it was like casting a really wide net, right? When you're going fishing, and like putting out like a really huge net and taking in, you know, elements of Bikram, Anusara at the time, Ashtanga, Iyengar, you know, really got to try all these different styles of yoga um, all at once within my first couple of years. And then about two years into my journey, I kind of was feeling the need to wanting to like kind of hunker down and be more dedicated to my practice. And I was still with Lululemon, but I had moved to a different city um, working at a particular store. And there was a studio in that town where they taught like this. They, the, the owner had kind of like a vision for how her teachers would teach. Mm -hmm. And not a single one of her teachers ever put a mat down. And they just taught in this verbal way of just guiding you through the practice without ever having to look. Mm. Meanwhile, the teachers would walk the room, give you lots of really great hands-on assists and, you know, gentle uh, guidance with physical touch as well as with verbal cues. 
And it really, I, I just really connected to it. I, it was the first studio that I practiced at regularly and consistently. And so right then and there for that year of practicing at that studio, I knew I was going to maybe one day if I ever taught yoga, I never really imagined teaching yoga, but if I ever did, I said to myself, you know, this would be a way that I would definitely offer it. This has been really great. I really enjoyed yeah. this experience. So I felt that as a student, right? So when students tell me how they feel after my classes, I just think of myself back then, it was like 2012 yeah. Yeah. and the experience that I had then. So I came, when I came back to Toronto and I was no longer near this particular studio, I had a really difficult time in my yoga practice because I felt like nobody in my city taught in that way where mm -hmm. I could just show up to class. They would teach in a way that I didn't have to look. I could move. It made sense. There was a nice long Shavasana at the end. There were some hands on assists. You know, there was a recipe that this studio had that I couldn't find anywhere else. And so that's when I realized that there was like a need for it. So I would call my old teacher and the owner of that studio and say, you need to come to Toronto. You need to come teach here. You know, there's nobody like you here. Yeah. It, it, it would just be so great. And so that's kind of how it all happened. And then a few years went by and different paths came about and I ended up in a teacher training um, and my only two questions before going into this teacher training were, <clears throat> will I learn how to do hands-on assists? And will I learn how to be an off-the-mat teacher? And so both of those answers were yes. So I didn't really care about anything else. And I just went right yeah. in and did teacher training. So I can, I can only imagine that. But this is um, how I experienced in being a teacher at teacher trainings for quite a few years now how difficult it is for people to be able to teach off the mat because we are always relying on, okay, if I demonstrate, people just look at me and they copy paste. They just do whatever I, I do. And then I say, yeah, okay, but understand that everybody is so different in their body type and in their way of movement and figuring out their lefts and their rights, like you mentioned before, and they go deeper into a practice when you only have to listen and you don't have to use the visual uh, aspect of, of, of the teacher. You just listen and you just feel inside you uh, how the practice is evolving. It is beautiful, but I think for some people it can be quite challenging to be following a class that is only audio-based because they are so used in the visual aspect of looking at the yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. I, do you feel that, um, like right now you're, you're basically teaching as many of us, we are only teaching online because it is very hard to teach in-person uh, classes, that with the modality of the online practice, uh, that more and more people starting to recognize the audio uh, based uh, classes compared to the visual ones? I mean, in comparison, I find there is a gap between teaching and teaching this particular way, like an mm. off the mat teacher, mm. teaching it in a visual, in a virtual world versus mm. teaching it in an in-person world. Mm. And that difference is something I'm kind of working towards 
closing the gap. But basically, you know, you're like you said, everybody is predominantly, I feel, a visual learner. Yeah. So if I'm teaching in a group setting and I'm teaching this way, I always encourage students to, you know, you're in a community. So if yeah. you are lost, you can, without even turning your head, you know, out of the corners yeah. of your eyes, look forward, back, sideways, and just get that quick visual confirmation. Mm. And so it's a bit difficult for people to get that in the virtual world, you know, because the screens are smaller. You can't yeah. just look up right away. Not a lot of people's cameras might be turned on. So I do find there's, there's at that gap because if you were a new student, whether you were a new student to yoga or whether you were just a new student to my class and you walked into an in-person studio and I'm teaching, I could teach the entire group while still coming over to you and giving yeah. you some one-on-one coaching yeah. or guidance. I can't do that in the in-person, in the virtual world rather. So I've started to, I just put on my website like an introduction series where I leverage video content to talk about particular poses. So I just started super basic with child's pose, plank pose, downward dog, and cobra, and then linking those three together in the vinyasa flow. So people can see it. And I talk a little bit more about foundations for hands and feet and whatnot. And then when they come into my audio class or they end up in your class or any other teacher's class, they have a little bit more confidence and a little bit more um, really just confidence to to know, okay, this is what they're talking about and this is how I can make this work for my body. Yeah. So I have seen that. That's, that's a, that's a something that's kind of missing between the two, Yeah. but you know, there's unique ways to kind of bridge that gap. What is, I think as well, it is a lot safer for teachers and uh, it gives you much more endurance as a teacher to be uh, an off-the-mat teacher. Um, That is always what I thought because there were weeks that I was teaching 10 to 15 classes per week. And at that point... If you need to demonstrate all the classes, you're wearing yourself almost out. Compared to if you don't have to demonstrate and you can just walk around safely through the room, uh, you're not wearing yourself physically out. Plus, you know, the the teaching is not your own practice. But I've also seen a lot uh, with uh, classes that I visited that the yoga teacher was basically doing her own practice, his, her own practice um, while she was teaching a class. So this is also a little bit getting that, um, that detailed in. If you really want to be an off-the-mat teacher, you have to level up in your queuing. Uh, how do you communicate uh, in the room and how do you communicate verbally, uh, but as well visually, uh, but visually in a different way? in a complete different way in that. Definitely. Beautiful. Um, what does the practice, your own yoga practice, what does it bring for you every day? Because yoga is for me more than just the asana practice. I see yoga as well as more like a way of life. And I can sense that for you, it's also more a modality of, of how you are living your days. How does that translate for you every day? Mm-hmm. So, 
the two words that come to mind, and I just wrote them down as I was listening to you speak, was sustainability and longevity, mm. right? So even as a teacher, like you mentioned, teaching 14, 15 classes a week in a normal world, normal circumstance, that's pretty much required for a teacher yeah. to you know, make ends meet if it's something yeah. you're doing full time. So sustainability and longevity are, are two of the things that you can achieve when you're teaching off the mat. And then you take that into your personal practice. And I think as a teacher, I tell young teachers this all the time, like you cannot let your personal practice slip because that's what's going to give you the inspiration to mm. teach and give you the sustainability and the longevity yeah. to do it for a long time. And so I think something that I recognized when I first started teaching, I used to be a really big fan of power yoga. I mean, I still am a big fan of power yoga, but I quickly realized that as I started teaching, I couldn't do power yoga five times a week. That was exhausting on top of teaching 10 classes a week. It was impossible. And so I had to kind of think about it and I was like, okay, what, what is the framework for a daily personal practice? And you know, there, there's a few boundaries and, and boxes that I had to kind of break through mm. to realize that your yoga practice doesn't have to be one hour every single day, right? You can practice yoga while washing the dishes, right? If you're yeah. mindful, present, or if you're washing the dishes and you're really mad and angry with your partner or your roommate because they didn't do their dishes, right? <laughs> that's not that. That's an area where you can kind of practice being present, calm, yeah. focused, all the same things we talk about in yoga. And so really simplifying what my at-home personal yoga practice looked like and expanding it beyond power into restorative meditation, yin, yeah. yoga nidra, that really... Um, helped me kind of understand what yoga for sustainability, yoga for longevity, yoga from the time that I'm 25 till the time that I'm 75, what does that progression look like over yeah. those years? Because it can't just be a physical progression, right? Like yeah. you can't just keep getting better at downward dog, keep getting better at handstands as you age. Like naturally your physical body's deteriorating. So yeah. we're just doing what we can to prolong nature's inevitability of our bodies deteriorating yeah so, definitely and yeah. um, do you also see that it that it changes as in um like okay let's for example say this morning i woke up my yoga practice today was an eight kilometer walk with the dog that is just because that was the only possibility that i had in my schedule today and i wanted to go outside so uh taking profit off the time that uh, at the moment I'm allowed to go outside. So, okay, let's take the dog. Then it becomes yoga. I have to be very mindful in the moment about how I walk and where I walk. Um, so changing as well, the expression, like you say, power yoga was my favorite. And after that, I started to discover that there was other expressions of being able to practice yoga without finding myself on a yoga mat. So just taking that into, uh, into life, being, um, yeah, being in the moment, being mindful about what you're doing, uh, being mindful about the quality of your breath, of your thoughts, and taking all these aspects of yoga uh, instead of 
just focusing so much only on the asana practice. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really about, you know, it's the difference between looking at yoga as exercise mm. or looking at yoga as a, as a code of ethics to live yeah. by. Yeah. How do you see that this is, um, this is developing a little bit in your own community, uh, community that is surrounding you, people that were coming to your classes are still coming to your online classes right now. Do you notice that there is a shift that people start to understand better that uh, from only the physical practice, there is more um, that we take the addicts more into our daily, daily lives? Yeah, I definitely feel the appetite for that is growing because <clears throat> I think something I've noticed over the course of the last, you know, four or five years is the, the public, the, the mainstream rise of meditation and mindfulness. Mm. Science has supported the benefits of those, those two pieces a lot, right? So even the most skeptical people, even the most A-type personalities, mm. even the most high-strung people <clears throat> are starting to find the benefits of meditation and mm. mindfulness. For me, I see it through the lens of sports, right? I hear more and more athletes professional athletes, highly successful athletes, talking about the benefits of meditation and mindfulness. So for me as a yoga teacher, I feel like that opens the door for me to start talking about yoga and meditation in the same conversation. Yeah. As yoga teachers know that yoga and meditation are together and linked, but in, in the mainstream world of yoga, it really has morphed into physical exercise. Yeah. So I think now is a really brilliant opportunity to share the full yoga approach with any student, because it's so in the mainstream yoga, meditation, mindfulness, mm. that people are just open to absorbing more of that information. So you can go into a class, give them their, you know, chaturangas and plank poses mm. and still talk about, you know, remaining calm and, you know, learning how to do hard things on and off the mat and talk about ahimsa and talk about satya or, yeah. um, you know, whatever it is, you, the appetite is there. Whereas maybe 20 years ago, we, we only introduced yoga as physical exercise because yeah. people were scared of that like airy, fairy, spiritual side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So the appetite is there for sure. I think that there is definitely that shift in, um, in the universe is, is very present. Uh, I can see it as well that there's more and more interest into uh, the breath work or the pranayamas uh, into the meditation. Um, how did you get into the meditation? Was that through your uh, regular yoga practice at the studios or were you drawn into going, I don't know, to go on a retreat? Uh, how did meditation come to you? Because as well from your background, um, I remember that you were saying, I think it's as well on your website that, um, from the religion background that you're coming from, that there is 
different forms of expressing what is basically a meditation practice and that from all these religious backgrounds we all have different ways of expressing that how did how does this how did this transition happen for you and how is this still visible for you today yeah it's uh the more i realize it meditation is really just a form of prayer right um so when i first got into yoga i recognized pretty early on that there was you know something spiritual to this that i really resonated with that i didn't resonate with when it came to practicing Um, the religion that I grew up in, which is Islam. I grew up in a Muslim household and, you know, you're required to pray five times mm-hmm. a day and uh, it just never resonated with me. But for some reason, sun salutations, which looks very similar to how Muslims <laughs> yeah. pray, um, really just spoke to me in a different way. Um, but in terms of actually cultivating a sit down meditation practice, I, I actually stumbled upon like um, uh, this this headband. I don't know if you've seen them. It's it's like it's called Choose Muse, and yeah, it's a headband that wraps yeah. around your forehead and tucks behind your ears. And so I used to play video games a lot as a kid, and so having meditation associated with this app that was in my on my phone that would tell me, you know, if you do three days in a row, you get to level two or something okay. like that. Yeah. That really inspired me to be like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit. And they make it really accessible. They, you start with three minutes a day. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I really want to explore this. And so I started my sit-down meditation practice just out of a little bit of competitive nature of wanting to, you know, beat this app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> complete all the levels. And it worked for me it it really was strategic you know they present all this research the company when you go to one of their seminars I, i just found myself in like a community environment where it was a weekly meditation group and one week somebody from this company came and shared with us all about this device and the research behind it and you know they said 10 minutes a day for 21 minutes a day scientifically is proven to reduce stress and reduce anxiety yeah so i said you know what I'm going to use this thing for 21 straight days. And then that turned into two years. And into two years, I ended up doing a Vipassana retreat, which took me even deeper into my meditation. Yeah. So it was about a two and a half year journey where I went from sitting for three minutes a day to sitting for one hour a day. And now I get up every day at 5 a.m. And that's how I start my day, right? Before anyone else wakes up, I sit down for anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes Um, and, and the, the discipline to maintain that meditation practice is really, um, what's giving my yoga practice that sustainability and that strong foundation. That is, I think the, the, the key point for a lot of people that sitting down or waking up in the morning and sitting down for meditation. And what you said, 30 minutes minimum per day, uh, a lot of people will get completely like, oh, hold on, every day, as in every day, why should I do it? Um, 
but as well what you say they it, it is like a practice and it, it doesn't have to be perfect but the benefits that we get from a practice like meditation is 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 massive it's it's so big and I would love that more and more people start to discover what the benefits from a daily meditation practice would be. Um, how do you keep this for you uh, sustainable as in doing this every day? What drives you? What drives you for that? Why do you need this? What drives me? I mean, the commitment, just commitment to being yeah. a yoga student um you know going back to the religion piece it's mm -hmm. you know I, I say this in from time to time and i think it's written somewhere on my website yeah. you know it doesn't matter if you consider yourself religious or spiritual yeah there's benefits to learning how to sit quietly with yourself yeah. and my biggest thing this year to commit to this daily practice of waking up at five o'clock in the morning, which sounds yeah. crazy, um, is has just been the yoga, like looking at the eight limbs of yoga, I kind of really focused in on devotion, right? And devoting my time to the practice, to being the best version of myself. And realizing that, again, this is from the eight limbs, right? That it's really about discipline. Yeah. A lot of the times we get tricked by our motivation and motivation wavers. You will mm -hmm. have motivation some days. You won't have motivation some days. You can look to the yoga philosophies. You can look to any, you know, success magazine or business entrepreneur mm -hmm. or athlete. Everyone will tell you the key to success is even on those days that you're not motivated to have the discipline to still go through the yeah. routine. So that's been kind of my biggest goal for this year of 2021 is to mm. have discipline in my practice yeah. so that whether the motivation is there or not, I still approach my practice yeah. and it helps tremendously, right? Like for me, it, it allows me to uh, look to the brighter side of things. It allows yeah. me to live a more positive lifestyle it allows, you know, me to experience sadness, but yeah. then also learn how to come out of sadness, right? Yeah. It's not about eliminating the yeah. negative emotions, but it allows you to experience anger when you're angry, frustration when you're frustrated, yeah. but it also allows you to bounce back and come back to a place of equanimity, yeah. right? Yeah. That balance that we talk about in yoga philosophy. Um, so that's, I think that answers your question. Yeah, it, it, it definitely answers my question. I just, I just love really like listening into that because in all these, um, in everything that you're sharing, it is really um, clear that you're taking the time to explore and you're taking the time, what you say to from, okay, how can I be for myself first, you know, my own best version but by being that you're also showing up for um for the people around you like for your son for uh, your wife and then the bigger community around that uh, you show up as yourself but you are not just resting in it you're just working on it and 
um, practicing it daily. And as well as this is what I think is key point of being a teacher or a coach or a mentor, uh, give the example, like show the people um, how you have your practice and whatever that practice may be, if that is uh, asana practice or it is mindfulness practice or meditation, like give the example, show them that it is possible to get up at five every morning. And yes, it is discipline, definitely, but it's also possible. And the results that you get from that or the outcome that you get from it is a form, yeah, you can call it spirituality, religion, connecting to the higher energies that there is in, uh, in and around our planet. Uh, that is all like a choice in that. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this so openly with us. That's really nice. <laughs> My pleasure. If you would like to give yourself, your future self, um, advice over what you have learned maybe or experienced over the last, let's say, five or ten years, um, if you then look at, you know, how the future is unfolding, of course, we don't really know because it's always quite some insecurity. But is there an advice you would like to give your future self that you have experienced over the last couple of years? Something that you would like, okay, I would love to have known this already a long time. That's a, So what I would tell my future self? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. What comes up for me is it was about 10 years ago when I was first introduced to setting goals. Mm. And it was about 10 years ago when that goal setting approach was, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Mm. And you had to kind of imagine yeah. where you were in 10 years and then you trickle back and, you know, figure out, okay, what do I need to do today to get to where I want to be 10 years yeah. from now? In no, at no point during that time did I think I was going to be where I am right now, being a yoga teacher, talking to you, giving a podcast, like, that wasn't even in my realm. Some things, sure. Did I envision myself to be married and being a parent? Yes. Um, but I never imagined to be in this line of work 10 years ago. So I think my advice to my future self would be to just expect the unexpected. Yeah. And I think, you know, over the last year with, with COVID and this pandemic, that's also still very relevant and good advice to just expect the unexpected, prepare for the uncertainty that is inevitable. And in the moment, continue to stay disciplined to what makes you yeah. thrive. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful one as well. That's beautiful words like what makes you thrive. Because what works for you is not uh, definitely something uh, that works for somebody else. As in, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we all have our little things. We all have a little perks. Yeah, but expect the unexpected, definitely. <laughs> That's what we are going all for. Yeah. That's probably what we are all going for. Um, is there anyone that is inspiring you at the moment uh, that you would like to have a conversation with? And this can be someone that is 
known or maybe not known, can be a famous person, can be completely unfamous, but who would this person be? Why would you want to talk with him or her? What would you ask them? It can Ooh. be a yeah, it can be a writer. Um, what did I hear? I've heard writers. I heard um, pretty inspiring people from uh, well doers for for our planet Earth. It was just after Earth Day from yesterday. Um, mm. I have heard fathers. I have heard. I just want to sit down with my mom or with my grandmother and. Um, I really love to hear always from, hey, who is inspiring you or who would you like to sit down with and have maybe a tea or a coffee and just have a conversation? Oh, my. So many possible ways to go with this. Um, yeah. I actually just, I'm, I'm almost finished. I think I have like maybe 20 minutes left in the audiobook. I'm reading Matthew McConaughey's book or listening to Matthew yeah, McConaughey's okay. book yeah. called The Green, Green Light. Yeah, 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 I love it. It's it's fantastic. I love, I can, first of all, listen to his voice all day long. And he just talks about some things that I just relate to so well. I love the way he talks about things that, you know, we would probably talk about in a yoga class, but he explains them in a much more... Uh, digestible way I think yeah. for you know a larger chunk of the population or just really what's in an authentic way that yeah. it landed for him so more than a conversation like after listening to the book I would love to I would just love to practice yoga with him on the beach in like Santa Monica California or something somewhere on the west coast and just you know hang out with him and, ha and practice yoga like that would probably be something that would inspire me I think just listening to his book and realizing it's a collection of his journals from what he wrote in the eighties. Right. Yeah. And he, he isolated himself and just took these journals and, and put them together into this book and just shares his story. One of the things that I loved so much about what he did in his, in one of his cars and one of his trucks at a period of time, he set it up so that he had a microphone in his trucks so that if he was driving and he got an idea he had this whole setup of just, you know, turning it on and talking. And I've done that before too. I've turned on my voice notes in the car and just started talking because I have an idea or something that I want to teach or a sequence or whatever it is, you know, your creative brain is always kind of yeah. going and things can come at a moment's notice. So really my, my inspiration right now is from Matthew McConaughey. And uh, and his book Green Lights. It's just well, I've taken. I so love many it. Quotes. Yeah, yeah. I I totally understand. Uh, I listened to the audiobook as well, and I'm exactly in that mode. That if I'm outside or outdoors, whatever, on the road, and there is an idea coming into my head, voice notes in my phone is my savior. I don't have time to write <laughs> yeah. it down. I don't have to. I just talk to myself, and then. Uh, yeah, later on, you can just write it out. But that is the way to uh, let creativity come in. Because I definitely believe about this. If you don't do a thing with it, if you don't write the words down or, you know, eternalize them in some way, they're going to leave you again. And the creative idea or even the sequence that you had in mind, it's just, oh, it's going to someone else. You don't do a thing with me, then... You know, my idea goes again uh, somewhere else. I think that was uh, 
Liz Gilbert uh, talked in uh, one of her books about that as well. And I definitely believe that if you have an idea, channel it, do something with it. If you don't, it's gone. I believe yeah. that his book Green Lights as well came together from his journals. And he's an inspiring person. He's got, a, he's got that natural, I don't know, next door kind of guy thing. But he knows how to, um, how to spark uh, somebody's, um, somebody's being uh, definitely with that. Yeah. I love that. Charisma, right? Yeah. He's got that natural oh charisma. You Definitely, feel. yeah. Enlightened, inspired, just listening to his voice. Yeah, yeah. And giving the green light. So giving the green light into um, a thought that you might have had already for a long time. Give it a green light and just give it a go. If you don't give it a go, it's, you know, you, you don't know what's coming out of that. Definitely. Beautiful. I love that. Can I ask you to uh, guide the audience maybe in your audio in maybe a meditation, in a short meditation, so they have an idea that if they go to your classes, what am I going to expect from that? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So... I guess you should preface this if you're, you know, driving, you probably shouldn't do this meditation. Um, but actually, you, you know what, you probably can. If you're on the move, um, you know, just kind of tune into what's going on around you. For those of you listening that are maybe at home or in transit, I would suggest maybe just take a moment to get comfortable in your seat. And we'll just do about five minutes of quiet sitting, but I'll set you up first. So, you know, find a comfortable seat. I like to tell people for meditation to sit in a way that you don't have to think about your physical body. So you can sit up against a wall. You can sit in a chair. You can sit cross-legged. You can sit with your legs straight. Whatever is comfortable for you. Just don't lie down because if you lie down, you'll probably fall asleep. So sitting up is important. Once you've found your seat, take a little bit of movement. So roll your shoulders around, right? Maybe look to your left shoulder, look to your right shoulder, a neck stretch or two. And just let your physical body settle into stillness very naturally, no force, no control. And then begin to close your eyes. For anybody coming into meditation, I like to describe it as three simple steps. First is to find your seat. So we kind of did that already. If there's any little adjustments you have to make, if you can get 10% more comfortable, what would you have to change about your current posture? And then once you settle into your physical stillness, start to observe your breath. You don't have to change it. You don't have to control it. Just notice the natural qualities of your breath in this particular moment. If you can, narrow your breath down to just your nostrils. 
observe the quality of it, the depth of it. You're just watching breath flow in and breath flow out. And the third step is to resist. Resist the temptation to fidget, to move. If you have to adjust your posture, do so with the intention of returning back to stillness. And that's the beginning foundation of any meditation. Find your seat. Observe your breath. And resist the temptations to fidget. Sit, observe, and resist. If your mind wanders away from your breath, take a deeper breath. Learn to use your breath as a tool to bring you back into the present moment. The goal is not to turn your mind off. The goal is to focus your mind on your breath. The practice of meditation is losing focus and regaining focus over and over again. Every time you lose focus, how quickly can you come back to your breath? Go ahead and take a deep breath in through your nose and a big sigh. 
Just start to bow your head in towards your heart. Slowly start to blink your eyes open. Lift your gaze. Welcome back. Thank you so much. That is wonderful. That was wonderful to have um, the experience of listening into your voice. Very calming, very grounding. Um, put me in love with that. Um, Thank you. Where can people find you? What's the best way, how they can connect with you? And what is your preferred way? Best way to connect is through my website, jofferyoga.com. Um, so just my first name, yoga.com. And um, my favorite way to connect and communicate with students is through newsletter. Uh, I find it's very much more intimate and I can share a lot more. So I share yoga, but I also share family updates and, you know, pictures of my wife and my son and really bring that whole pot of yoga together on the yeah. mat, off the mat through my newsletters. Yeah. So that's the best way. But if you prefer social media, you can definitely check out my social media. Um, whatever I share in the newsletters eventually trickles to social media. But if you want to know what I'm up to first, yeah. the newsletter is the best way to go. That's the best way. I'm going to definitely put it all in the show notes. Uh, that is for sure. So that people can easily find you back. Um, I'm going to say a big, big thank you. And very much looking forward to one of these days, we're going to connect in person uh, to have one of your off the mat experiences but in-person classes that would be amazing uh, so you never know let's put that out in the universe um on I'm the wishing Matthew McConaughey right uh, uh, there you go yeah that's a, that's a good one that's that's triple good <laughs> um I'm going to wish you a wonderful day have a great time um with your son uh, with your wife much love and much health and wealth for the rest for the time that's to come thank you thank you very much thank you so much for having me on 